Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode 62, and I am one of your hosts, Alec. My pronouns are he, him, and joining me on the line, it's Jerem. How are you doing today, Jerem? I'm doing incredible. Thank you for asking. My pronouns are he, him as well. And today, we thought it would be fun to continue working on our mono color deck appreciation episode. So today, we're going to be diving into the vast open sea of beautiful blue, which will be a ton of fun. Yes, I'm very excited. I um, have a big like place in my heart for monocolored commander decks because uh, they aren't very common, actually. I feel like when you look around the table, it's mostly three-color decks, in my experience, um, and then yeah. a lot of two-color decks, and even, you know, probably like... 20 to 30 percent of the time there's at least one five color deck which yeah um, you know those decks are always fun to play like commanders can be pretty interesting when you add a lot of colors but um, one of my favorite things is kind of setting arbitrary restrictions on myself <laughs> um, when deck building yep. and one of the easiest ones is like you know what types of colors are you playing and monocolor decks are just fun to build it's like oh, what can this color do that other colors can't what can i kind of like lean into and so, yeah, very excited to talk about blue today, which um, previously we've talked about green and red. So we finally made it to blue. And yeah, I'm very excited for this one. So, yeah. Oh, so but, real quick, before yes. we dive into the community spotlight, um, are there any pre-cons that are monocolor deck? Well, I just thought about that. I don't think there are any. Um, yes, kind of. The, I want to say 2014 Precons were monocolored. They were the ones with um, oh, Planeswalkers. Oh, Savant. Oh, yes. right. I even have that deck. My goodness. Okay, <laughs> never mind. There has been some love for those. Yeah, nice. but not enough in my experience. I feel like there yeah. should be more. Um, just uh, you know, uh, I don't. I don't know. More monocolored love. Yeah, um, in yeah. coming in precons, and I know even the blue one was Teferi, which was very. Um, yeah. Became very combo um, centric, as mm -hmm. uh, yeah, is a very popular way to build that one. So, yeah, hopefully we can kind of shine some light on mono blue in Commander and some different ways to play it. Um, yeah, yeah. But before we get into it, Jeremy, would you like to kick us off with our community spotlight? Of course. So this one is a really fun one that I've been enjoying on YouTube, and you should definitely check him out. His name is Eighth Place Dave. So. Just like uh, if you guys are familiar with MTG Remy, he does like these really just quick, funny spoofs of magic where basically he'll be like, hey, nine different ways players type their, uh, tap their mana or funny mulligans. And they're super fun because they're like 30 to 40 seconds. And every time I watch them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have seen that around the table. I have friends who do that. And it's just his impression of them is just so funny. So definitely go check out Eighth Place Dave and show your support for him and his channel because he has some pretty funny content so thank you eighth place dave for making magic just that much better so what an awesome community we have folks yes so. yeah i agree i think um we're working on kind of expanding our uh types of community spotlights i know in the past we've done a lot of podcast like other podcasts or um slash youtube channels and um but yeah excited to also uh highlight people who do like spoofs and um you know other types of content besides um ones similar to ours yeah. so yeah very excited about this one many different ways there are many different ways that people express their love of magic and i think we should support all of them in yes. the best way we can so exactly okay jerem should we get into the excitement that is mono blue and commander Yes, I, I I feel like I have so much to say that I just want to <laughs> vomit out right now. But I I think we just stick to the script. We just dive right in and we'll get to it when we get to it. So. Sounds good. Yeah, I think probably the best way to kick it off is just kind of a uh, let's check in on what types of mono blue decks we have that we have experience with and um, kind of what our general feeling is about it. So yeah, Jeremy, would you introduce us to kind of the deck that you'll be looking at this color um, yeah, through the lens sure. of, I guess? So definitely mono blue is such an interactive color, especially in Commander. And one of the greatest lenses that I love to see, I think I have multiple monocolor decks through this lens, and that's through Artifacts. 
and Blue had mm. just has such great support. And so naturally I gravitated towards Emery, Lurker of the Lock. And I think we probably, we're not going to read through every card here, but I definitely want to read through this just so you know where she's coming from. She costs two generic and a blue. And it says this spell costs one generic less to cast for each artifact you control. When she enters, mill four cards. And then she can tap and choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. And then she is a one, two. So obviously uh, this is a graveyard, you know, artifact center deck, but definitely empowered by blue. And so that's how I'm going to be thinking about mono blue as we go through this episode. What about you, Alec? Yeah, I love that because mono blue is definitely one of the first things I think a lot of people think of is artifact decks. And I'm not sure if that's just because of Urza or, um, or because of the fact that maybe every other set there's a mono blue legendary creature that cares about artifacts in some way um but i really like emery as your choice because it plays around in the graveyard a lot more than the other ones do and you know that's like right up my alley so yeah i very much like that choice so i actually just hearing you say that it made me think you know so blue is the color of you know knowledge and progressing knowledge and so i think in at least in the terms of the magic realm you know the color pie yeah and i you know thinking of artificers and people who deal with artifacts they're building something they're using their they're like it makes me think of like a researcher in a lab sort of thing you know right so maybe that's a reason why there's so many so much artifact support <laughs> is you know it's they're going beyond just their color their you know artifact i don't know maybe i'm thinking too much about it but you know that's maybe one logical way to think through i don't know but yeah i, I love where a lot going. of good artifact support so definitely yeah i i love where you're heading with that because um last monocolored deck uh like how to episode we did was green which is an enemy to blue and that green is probably the best color or one of the best at destroying artifacts and yeah. um not caring much about knowledge and so yeah, yeah it's fun to have blue which is um it like in game is the opposite essentially is trying to build right. up like engineer artifacts and um, yeah. yeah yeah so i'm i'm glad you have an artifact deck because that's definitely a big part of mono blue um and then kind of another type of mono blue deck that you can play is uh is more of the kind of like spell spell slinger based deck yeah um, which yeah. is kind of what mine is so my mono blue deck is orvar the all form which is a pretty spicy one. I'll read it off really quick. It is three and a blue for a three, three legendary shapeshifter with changeling. So already pretty spicy there. And it says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. Um, That's the main effect. It also has this thing where if a spell or ability an opponent controls makes you discard a card, create a token that's a copy of target permanent. So, you know, uh, on the last episode, we were kind of bashing Turgrid decks. Uh, yep. But Orvar kind <laughs> yep. of has a built-in defense against that. So maybe that would actually be a pretty fun matchup. I've never tried it, but uh, yeah. So yeah, Orvar is kind of fun. It's a lot of these weird um, instants and sorceries that are one or two mana that you can uh, use to target your permanents to make copies of them so i've done some really like you never know what what is going to happen playing an orvar deck i've made um i've made 14 copies of orvar itself uh oh my goodness (laughs) uh, used just like an army of orvars which are literally just three threes to win the game that was a pretty spicy one um i've made like 100 copies of an island before so i just have tons of island copies yeah, it's it's really fun. It's a very unique deck, and I think Orvar makes it very unique. But there are a lot of other mono blue decks that care about like casting lots of instants and sorceries, and that's kind of a big part of Blue's slice of the color pie as well. So yeah, I'm glad that you and I have very different decks, so we yeah. can kind of capture um, even more aspects of mono blue. When I think something we both that I I perceive as being similar between these two mono blue decks is that they're they're very they require a lot of brain power at least emery does it's it's yes. not a you know something you want to play at the end of night per se because there's just there's a lot of moving parts it's how would having this inner this artifact interact with this artifact to you know gain to my advantage yeah. you know so there's a lot of moving parts to kind of piece stuff together and that's one of the things i love 
about Commander so much is it's just Definitely. you're piecing, you're engineering together a machine over the course of a game and, you know, trying to muddle through all of your opponent's interaction. And I think it's just such a difficult task, but that's what makes it so fun. And blue is just perfect for that. So, and I feel like I went through art, my avenues through artifacts and yours is through, you know, spells and, you know, using Orvar's ability. I think it's just, you know, two avenues and, you know, to the same end, which is really fun. So yes, definitely. I think in contrast to mono green decks, I feel like we talked about how mono green decks are perfect for uh, new commander players because yes. it's very um, very straightforward for the most part. And mm-hmm. uh, the opposite end of that spectrum is blue, where it's very not straightforward. You kind of have to have knowledge of other cards in your deck and how they fit together. I find combos um in orvar like infinite combos that i didn't even mean to put in there it'll just happen yeah and um yeah so that's why i i kind of think that uh, a mono blue deck especially is probably more for uh maybe your like third or fourth deck you build and kind of yeah um, once you've got some experience so yeah or if you're wanting to dive right in and just get this really complicated uh type of setup then definitely go for it this but, is for you you know for sure <laughs> I yeah. think through the, looking through the lens of new players is definitely the easiest way to perceive it like if i were to give a new player a green deck i'd be like make big creatures attack people but if i were mm-hmm. to hand someone emery or orvar be like this is gonna take like uh, a couple hours to explain what you need to do you know or yes <laughs> just or how to do it per se so even yeah, i've been playing orvar for about a year now it came out um about around this time last year and I still have to reread Orvar's abilities before each game. I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I remember exactly what, what this thing here? does. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that's kind of a good general overview of our feelings yeah. on Mono Blue. I, I love playing Mono Blue decks. I think um, there's a lot there. And, yeah, so I'm excited to dive into some of the aspects and things to look for when building your Mono Blue deck. Let's do it. Sweet. So the first category we're going to talk about is card draw. And uh, so at looking at our previous how to play uh, monocolor decks episodes, we made a pretty solid argument that green, mono green, is the number one best uh, card draw color. And I still think that's probably true just because of uh, some of the you know great henges that are out there. But... Yeah. Um, when we were putting together this list of mono blue card draw cards, I think it is either tied or like just underneath in second place for card draw. What do you think about that, Jerem? So I, I remember that conversation we had, and I remember the argument we were making was that green maybe doesn't have the best card draw spells, like a brainstorm per se, but it just has so many different avenues to draw cards. For right. like blue, it's just you cast these instants and sorceries to draw you cards. And there's a couple other cases for sure. But in in green, it has a little bit of that. It has when stuff deals damage, it has enchantments that do it, you know, Viridian Revel, whenever treasure goes to the graveyard. There's there's so many different avenues to draw cards in green. And I feel like blue is more focused on the instants and sorceries, you know? And so for that reason, I think that's why we were saying green is a bit better because there's just so much more that's not just relying on instance of sorceries but yeah that's a good point i i think um yeah the green probably is more diverse in that you know Mm -hmm. if i want to build like a an enchantment theme deck there are probably six uh green cards that will draw me so many cards just in an enchantment deck whereas blue you're right it's more like well here's 10 spells you can throw in that will just like play this draw some cards um and you'll be happy with that but maybe it won't be quite as attached to what your deck is doing more generic i guess but you know that's right. fine i still think that is necessary um in a lot of decks and yeah um, yeah but kind of thinking about mono blue um one of the things that i think it is really good at is kind of doing a card filtering maybe even more than card drawing just because a lot of c- blue uh draw spells have either like a scry attached or like you said brain brainstorm has a look at the top three put them back type of thing and I think that's really powerful as well because sometimes, you know, if you cast Harmonize and draw three cards, you'll just kind of draw into three lands and you're like, oh, well, I I guess I don't have to draw them naturally, but I kind of wish I didn't have to draw these 
at all. And mm-hmm. Blue is really good at that. Uh, a couple of my favorites are Ponder, Preordain, and Serum Visions, which are just really efficient ways to uh, filter through the top few cards of your deck. And um, maybe you're not like a head-on cards when you cast those spells, but you have a way of filtering them, if that makes sense. So I yeah, do really yeah, like that. Sure. It feels good when you're playing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, And I think it really keys into the fact that Blue is color of knowledge it wants to be as efficient as possible it wants to you know not work harder work smarter and i yeah. think scrying cards like you said so you don't just draw into lands is one way that they quote on it, they it quote unquote works smarter not harder because you know you think of harmonize it's like draw three cards four mana like i have a ton of ramp i'm just gonna pay four to draw three but blue is like let's slow down a bit, let's scry a little, and let's make sure we get yep. what we want for one mana. So totally, you know, just yeah. two different ideals for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think both of those kind of uh, are good for different players. And if you prefer one over the other, uh, that's fantastic. And you can play, um, play that. I am a huge fan of mono blue um, and card filtering, card drawing. It just feels, uh, feels like, like you were talking about earlier, it's like you're putting something together. Although it yeah. does require a lot more choices. Like when you're scrying two or three, that's more choices than just putting those cards in your hand. You have to like figure yeah. out, yeah. Like I said earlier, you have to kind of know what is in your deck if you can try to put those on the bottom and get better cards. Um, yeah, definitely makes it a bit more complicated. But yeah, so let's go through some examples that we've put together of some of our favorite mono blue card draw spells. And so the, the first section I want to talk about is low mana spells. These are just highly efficient. You can cast one of these for one mana or two mana and also do other stuff on your turn. And so some of my favorites are, like I said earlier, Ponder, Preordain, Serum Visions, um, but also Chart a Course, Frantic Search is a fun one, and Windfall always kind of gets the ball rolling with, uh, yeah. you know, you discarding one card and then drawing seven because somebody else had seven cards in hand always feels pretty good. This has been a debate between my brother and I, and I want to get your thoughts real quick. What do you think is better, Ponder or Brainstorm? Mm. So that is a fantastic question. We could probably do like a whole episode on on that and other similar cards. I think that depends on what other cards are in your deck. And mm. the reason I say that is because I'm always hesitant to put Brainstorm into decks just because... You want to have like an evolving wild so you can shuffle it away yeah. if you really hate what you have mm-hmm. on top. Um, it just feels bad to put three cards on top that you don't want to be drawing later. Uh, but yep. yeah, if you have you know 15 ways to kind of shuffle away or tutor so you can get rid of the cards that you put back on top, then I think Brainstorm is fantastic and is probably one of the best um, filtering spells. But uh, I think okay. Ponder is more generically powerful if you don't really have shuffling synergies if that makes sense since it can do it itself okay, we should maybe do a a poll or something because I, mm. I mean maybe we don't spend much more time talking about that because i feel like there's a lot of debating and talking potential totally. there but i was just curious to get your thoughts on that so and obviously all of these low mana spells just fit you know a ton of you know great situations charter course yeah. obviously if you have like flyers and you want to deal damage draw additional cards um windfall is particularly good in emery because um, I think one of my favorite things about magic is working together as, mm. as a table. And I, I feel like I've definitely used windfall as like a, a politicking tool. Like, Hey, like who likes their hand, who wants to wheel their hand away. And then, you know, some people, Oh, like I do, like, I want to get rid of, you know? And so it's like promotes kind of working together in some way, but also in Emory, it fills up my graveyard, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Windfall. I, I tend to avoid it for the most part, just because I, Sometimes you, I'm also giving my opponents like a fresh new hand to yeah. destroy what I'm doing. Uh, but there are tons of ways you can take advantage of Windfall to make it so that you are always getting a better deal out of it. And Emery yeah. is a perfect example. Like if you want to be putting these cards in your graveyard anyway, then and your opponents aren't planning around that necessarily, you can really... Ooh, yeah, that's really good in that deck. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, ramping it up a bit to some higher mana cost ways to draw cards uh, in in mono blue. There's you know the classic pull from tomorrow, blue sun zenith, where you can put in as much or as little as you want into it to draw 
you know, I think those are great versatile cards that can be useful early game and end game. Yeah. In some cases, I've seen blue make infinite mana, then kill people with cards yep. like blue sun zenith. So that can be a little, little sneaky. And then I think so, these are some really underrated cards that dig through time and the treasure cruise, especially with you know the delve mechanics. Some of these spells are really high CMC, but you know if you can just delve them away, get them really cheap, and they get a powerful effect. Like looking at the top seven and choosing a card, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I think I think dig through time is seven or is it eight. But either way, you know, it's it's definitely interesting to see the higher end of the mana spells in blue, you know, how their effects change from a brainstorm to these really, you know, oh, pay 12 mana, draw 10 cards with pull from tomorrow, discard one card. Like, that's, that's yeah. an amazing rate if you have the mana. So just, you know, there's definitely a range, you know, in, in the mana department, and, you know, some of these spells give you that, uh, that versatility in a game. So definitely solid options across the board. Definitely. Yeah, and one thing I, I hadn't mentioned yet is a lot of these that we've talked about are instants, and that can be honestly huge to uh, draw a bunch of cards at the end of the person before you's turn. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I explained yeah. that very well. But yeah, right before your turn starts, you yeah uh, drop a windfall or a pull from big pull from tomorrow, um, something like that, and draw a whole bunch of cards, and then you're just kind of set up for your turn while hopefully yeah. everyone else is tapped out because they weren't expecting to have to interact yeah. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's why I think blue uh, is definitely up there and can can make an argument for it being the best card draw for its instant speed. I know most green is going to be drawing stuff at sorcery speed. Even black has a mostly sorcery speed draw. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one other section that is also particularly good are the creatures that can draw cards in mono blue. So, mm -hmm. yeah, some examples of that are Mole Drifter, of course, Ghostly Pilferer, Sea Dasher Octopus, um, Archmage Emeritus, and Arcanus the Omnipotent. Those are all cards that I am a big fan of. I think they're all fantastic. And having creatures that can also kind of draw you cards over the course of the game is always a yeah. nice thing to have. Yeah, I mean, I the classic one I that I like is the Zombie Lady of Scrolls. Ooh, yeah, that's another, especially because the art on that is just fantastic. But you know, I mean, again, it's just really cool to see that even Blue has a sweep of creatures that you know, and draw cards. And I, isn't also I guess we could probably put in there like curiosity effects, you know, like enchantment auras, like whenever, um, yeah, equipped creature or enchanted creature deals damage, draw a card, discard a card, whatever. So, you know, there's some support there, and I I think it's pretty good given the fact that, you know, blue tends to not be um, largely creature-based. I mean, obviously, right. there's always the exception to that, but, you know, at least in this conversation. So I think that's all solid options for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this next section, artifacts, enchantments, uh, we definitely have a spread here. Um, classic, Ristic Study, uh, you know, um, Mystic Remora, everyone's favorite, you know, do you pay the one or the four? Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I have a really interesting relationship with those cards. I, I think they're super powerful, but I definitely don't run them in every deck just because, A, they're quite expensive, and I feel like sometimes there's just a more fun option out there. But nonetheless, I feel like Ristic Study is probably one of the golden examples of enchantment card draw in EDH decks. Moving on to, like, Biden of Thassa, Reconnaissance, you know, those are when, like, creatures deal damage, so just more support there. Teferi's Ageless Insight, is that whenever you draw a card... Other than your first one, draw an additional card. Yes, that one is very spicy. Yeah, that one does some. That one will definitely put in work. Psychic possession. I'm not even familiar with that one. Do you, do you want to share what that one is? Totally. Yeah, this is one of my most recent favorites, and I've been putting it uh -huh. in pretty much every deck that has blue. Okay. Two blue, blue for an enchantment aura, and you enchant one of your opponents. And then you skip your draw step, but whenever the enchanted opponent draws a card, you may draw a card. So it, oh, it's it's I just fun, right? That's yeah. So yeah, that's fun. That's it's, awesome. It's really fun, and I found that usually, so you have the choice between three opponents. You can always kind of tell which one is going to be drawing a lot of cards. Um, if yeah. there's another green or blue player on the table, they'll just be drawing lots of cards. And uh, one thing that I also really like about it is if I enchant one of my opponents that's like to my left or 
uh, straight across from me, then I'd like draw the cards for my turn before it gets back to my turn. And then since you skip your draw step, you can kind of like set up your whole plan for the turn without being surprised uh, by the, the yeah. next card you draw, if that makes sense. So yeah. I find that the game goes a little bit faster because I can set up my game plan and do my turn more quickly because I have more time to think about it. Um, just one little thing I, I realized playing this card that I wouldn't necessarily have figured out without playing it. But yeah, I just think this right. card is fun. <laughs> yeah, and and you won't get that kind of fun out of like a Rhystic Study. You know? Right, yeah, and I so would I much rather, a, yeah. It's a fun alternative for sure. And then obviously Kindred Discovery, that's been a recent all-star. Uh, definitely, I remember when that shot up in price just because of all the tribal support. Whenever you deal damage with the creature certain creature type draw a card and i think yeah. whenever one enters the battlefield as well if I'm yes correct. yeah it's pretty which is pretty wild also important so um and this last one i definitely want to give some love because it's been an absolute all-star in emery and that's mirrodin besieged which i definitely am going to read through real quick um so it's an enchantment for two generic and a blue when it enters you can choose Myr mirin or phyrexian which i i love these cards where it enters like so it's and you could, it gives you another choice. And so um, the mirror option is whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless mirror artifact creature token, which is awesome in Emery, for example, because I can just amass an army of Mirth, which is always great. Shout Love out it. to Livy. Yes. Um, and having a Mirth army. Um, however, the Phyrexian, I feel like I've chosen more often, which is at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. So just a loot effect at the end of your turn however it says then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard target opponent loses the game incredible so it that's a little spicy um in emery it's easier to get there in some decks but it's not always a sure thing so i feel like that's this is a pretty great card that lets me loot and fill up my graveyard but also i can you know one shot an opponent which can be a little mean sometimes however i built this whole deck to have fun effects like this this is kind of a pet card of mine so just a fun versatile card that draws cards and has a, some other cool text attached to it so but you know nonetheless i'll draw my cards any way i can and this is one way i can do it <laughs> so yeah yeah i think that's kind of the thing i realized when setting this list up is blue just has lots of very like niche ways to draw cards and it's really helpful when uh, all these effects yeah. kind of just have card draw attached to them. It's very nice for your deck and just kind of getting through it quickly and right. having lots of cards. I think the last card I want to shout out is Factor Fiction, which is just a... Also, you can kind of see where my uh, favorite cards lie. They're just in cards that are fun. I like making my opponents have to figure out how to set up these piles and then you get to take one. Um, but it's great for graveyard decks too because the other pile goes to the graveyard. So not necessarily a bad thing either. We've got lots of examples of card draw. Clearly, blue is very high up on the kind of tier list as far as card draw goes in monocolored decks. But now to go to the other side, uh, to something it's very not good at, let's talk about Mana Ramp. So I put this list together um, and could not think of very many cards in mono blue that are good at Mana Ramp. I think if you're okay with this, Jerem, I'll just re read off the list that I was able to make for this, and then we can kind of talk about right. how Go that lines up with the other colors. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so the, the these, I might have missed some, but these are kind of the more um, effective ways to draw, no, to, to get Mana Ramp in Mono Blue, and they are uh, Midnight Clock, Mitotic Manipulation, High Tide, Peregrine Drake, although that one's more of uh, like infinite mana, um, enabler, but it does, I guess, technically count as mana ramp. Um, Dreamscape artist and retraced image. Although some of those are kind of a stretch, you want to be a pretty specific type of deck if you're playing Dreamscape artist or retraced image. But yeah, that's kind of all I could think of. What do you think of that list, Jerem? So, a couple of things I would add is just there's some really, there's a couple cards that I can think of, like, you know, uh, Vidalcan Arcanist, Curious Homunculus, and these, oh, yeah. it's it's tough. I don't know if I would say they're necessarily ramp, but they tap to add usually colorless mana that you can spend only to cast like an instant or sorcery. So it's yeah, it's okay. Generally not the best in commander because you know you want mana that you can use to cast your commander and artifacts and enchantments, and so those are fairly limited. But I mean, 
kind of ramp you in blue. It's okay. It's it's a bit of a stretch. Like most mono blue decks are just gonna play Soul Ring, the Medallion, uh, Mindstone, just like you know generic artifacts that any color can play. Here's a question that I would like to talk about. Um, after going through this list of specific to blue mana ramp that other colors don't have access to, do you think with Smothering Tithe and Archaeomancer's map and a couple of the other cards that white has gotten to help mono white with mana ramp, do you think that mono white is at this point better than mono blue at mana ramp? So this is a trick question, and I'm, I'm going to try to answer it as best as I can. Or <laughs> answer, give my best response. I guess not answer it. I think that's a really tough question. But, it um, is. I would say white is better right now because cards like Smothering Tithe, Archaeomancer's Map, those ones are just, they're auto-includes right now. They're so, so good, yeah. Every white deck is running it, and so it'll always come up. However, not every deck is running Midnight Clock or High Tide true and not every yeah. you know so it's like oh i'm running blue i have to put high tide in there it needs midnight clock no you're just going to go to artifacts for ramp but if you're running any deck with white it's like i have to put <laughs> smothering tithe in there um agreed yeah i think one simple not I, don't, I wouldn't call it simple but one solution to fix white would or fix you know like smothering tithe would make it be like too generic white white make it a bit more constrained to the bounds of white but i don't know what would what would you say what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think honestly comparing those, probably just Smothering Tithe on its own, like launches white up above blue as far as mana yeah. ramp goes. Although yeah. I, I will say, uh, kind of building on what you were saying, um, mono white decks, for the most part, unless it's like an enchantment deck, don't have additional synergy with Smothering Tithe. You just like play it for the ramp and it's great. Whereas... Yeah. Um, or the artifacts, like the generic artifacts, like Soul Ring, blah, 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 Mindstone. But Mono Blue, yeah. where you're playing Soul Ring, Mindstone, a whole bunch of artifacts for Mana Ramp, also has additional synergies with artifacts, especially your deck, um, Emery. So, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind is maybe uh, Smothering Tithe makes white better, like, generically at Mana Ramp. But I mm. feel like if you had, like, for example, if Emery were Mono White... You'd be playing Smothering Tithe, maybe, but you also have all these other artifact options that you would probably want to play more because they synergize with your commander. I don't know. Does right. that make any sense where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. It, it. I feel like it. It doesn't. It's not a very white. I guess the taxing of it, like it's a tax, and mono white's all about you know order and whatever. But you know, I, I definitely see where you're coming from because like, like if it was if Emery was white, I wouldn't just throw it in here. I'd, for the artifact synergy, it would be for just the pure ramp. Um, Although it does make treasures, which are artifacts, so maybe there's something there. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Smothering um, Tithe is just another level, I guess. So one thing I, I wanted to add to the, the ramp is, although it may blue not be good may not be good at ramp, I think it fits into the ideal of blue. And the thought there is, like remember I said, work smarter, not harder, I think is usually blue's game strategy so blue doesn't always necessarily want to ramp because if the yeah. green player just spent 12 mana to cast galta all blue has to do is counter it with two blue mana for with a counter spell and so it's almost like ramp is against the ideal of or blue is against the ideal of ramp because it, it just wants to be efficient and that isn't always having a ton of mana and I think we we may touch on this when we go into the removal section, but I think that's why there's such a sweep of bounce spells even. So it's like a player could, you know, cast their big scary dragon or whatever with a ton of mana, with green and all this and whatnot. And then right, you know, before it gets to their turn, you can just cast, you know, um, I don't know, snap, bounce it back to their hand for two mana. So it's Oof. almost like the ideal of blue is like, it's almost against ramping. It's like, it just wants yeah. to be quick and effective and so i don't know i feel like thinking of it in that light it's like i'm not so upset that it doesn't have ramp but i just wish it had a little bit of something else i don't know maybe it's just artifacts but yeah i i totally agree with all of that i think it does feel more blue to kind of be much more efficient with your mana and yeah uh, use like tempo as your kind of way to get ahead rather than just ramping like the other colors might 
And yeah, and now that I think about it, mono blue can also very easily put together uh, like two or three card combo that just straight up gives you infinite mana and then you don't have to worry about right um you know building up to like 18 mana like greenwood with lands you just kind of you're like oh i'll play a few artifacts and stuff and then just have infinite mana so right um yeah that does feel much more blue so Mm -hmm. um yeah i think this might actually be one of the most complicated areas for mono blue deck so definitely think about the the cards and the synergies you're putting in because it can make a pretty big difference. Although I think Midnight Clock is just a really cool and fun card, so definitely oh, play that 100%. one. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I love holding up mana for like Midnight Clock. And it's like, oh, he must have Aetherize. Don't attack him. And then you're like, it was just for Midnight Clock, or whatever. <laughs> you know. So just you can play mind games with it. So I, yeah. I love it just for that reason. So Sweet. so obviously, if anyone out there has more thoughts on the ramp with Blue, I feel like there's a lot of potential there, but. Let's move on to the removal in Mono Blue, which I think is a very fun and versatile conversation. Yes. So I'm excited to see what your thoughts are and uh, how this conversation is going to go. Yes. So removal, I think for the most part up until now, so we've talked about red and green, which are both I, are pretty solid at, at removing things and doing general interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Blue, I, everyone's going to think about when interacting. I, I kind of generally lump that in with uh, removal as just kind of ways to interact with what my opponents are doing and slow them down. And mm-hmm. that's why I, I think there's a solid argument that blue is the best at this just because of how good blue's counter spells are. And, yeah. uh, you know, white has a couple weak counter spells and red does as well. Although with Tibalt's Trickery, that one's um, pretty, pretty solid. But it's hard to. Uh, to go up against blue that has I, I was making a list of counter spells and I just like I was like all right we're done we've got enough examples because there are so right. many that are really really good so many um, yeah and so I, I don't know I think uh, a lot of decks struggle dealing with different permanent types um, like green has beast within that can handle most permanents um, yeah, but that's kind of, you know, the, the list is pretty short as far as that goes. And right. whereas a counter spell, for the most part, it just takes care of anything. Like they're playing a spell, well, you counter it with counter spell, and I don't care what permanent type it is. And that that feels right. pretty good. Like that's that's just a a kind of catch all that blue has very easy access to. Right. I will say the one downside though is it has to be at the right time. You know, True, like counter yeah. spells it has to be when it's on the stack, you know, but the beast within you can, you know, it can be whenever, assuming it doesn't, you know, have any other evasion like shroud yeah. or expert, but what have you. But, you know, I feel like the mind game of playing around counter spells is just, it really brings a whole other just dimension to a game where it's, you know, Agreed. you have a mono blue pair with five mana untapped and you're like, do I run my commander out into this? Is he, is he bluffing? Like, I think it really is, frustrating to get stuff countered but it really does add dimension to a game that is it, it turns into a mind puzzle which can be yes can be can be fun yeah i think the existence of strong counter spells just adds so much to a game of commander that i really mm-hmm. enjoy them as well and mm-hmm. yeah and i mean so i'll go through really quick everyone knows about these just some uh some counter spells that i really enjoy or that are kind mm-hmm. of big ones in the format are uh, counterspell, Arcane Denial, Negate, Spell Swindle is a really cool one. Swan Song, Fierce Guardianship, Mana Drain, and Delay are some of my favorites. And yeah. that's barely scratching the surface of blue counterspells. So I, I think the one thing that I will say is that uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the ones that only hit like one permanent type. Like Negate, I think, has a place in a lot of decks, but you definitely want to think about playing negate uh in you you know in your play group if creatures are the big threat then negate's not going to help too much but that's a pretty minor thing (laughs) right so i i think comparing that to like arcane denial is a very interesting comparison because they're both one generic blue mana and arcane denial counters any spell and then you draw a card and then your opponent draws two cards you know almost as a compensation yeah. And I was actually listening to the other I don't remember where I was listening to it, but they were it was someone talking about their 
how arcane denial is actually a lot better than people give it credit for because of just how like the they like did something to like counting the cards in people's hands like the statistics of it and almost always it was in your favor and so they basically mm. the the thought process was that arcane denial should be used a lot more frequently because you shouldn't be afraid to give your opponents two cards because you're basically usually with a counter spell if you think about it you're exchanging one of your cards for one of your opponents because you know you're expending a card but with arcane denial you're getting rid of exchanging one of your cards but then you're getting one back yourself and so it's just i feel like that one's a lot better than some people make it out to be and so honestly people out there running negate i'm sure it's great but maybe swap it out for an arcane denial just give you that much more flexibility so i don't know i'm on board for that i also play i play i love arcane denial i play it in my um two three four and five color decks because it's so easy yeah. to do one generic yeah. and a blue whereas in those same decks i won't play counterspell because it's if i'm not going to be like for sure maybe in two color decks but three four and five i'm i'm not always going to have two blue mana that i can hold up all the time but yeah. arcane denial is just so easy i i love playing that card i'm on board for that rant <laughs> i also what's tough about counters this that i feel like just because commander's casual i don't really mind this but i can't tell you how many times i've played with friends or in games where people and i i am guilty of this as well I will tap my mana one way and then realize, oh crap, I don't have two blue open. But, oh, I'm going to take that back and untap this and retap this. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm referring to? Those weird like mana switcheroos where technically it's you know in a tournament setting that'd be against the rules, but like in a casual setting, it's like yeah, sure, whatever. Like you just didn't realize what was in your hand. But like I feel like that's a minor pet peeve of mine where it's like oh you should have thought of ahead of that. But I feel like with a counter spell like counter spell like that's usually the case where it's happening it's like oh you have a blue and a black open oh now you have two blue open okay i okay moving on to um uh spells that exile stuff there's obviously Ooh. blue's got stuff for this as well oh sorry do you have anything else you want to say about counter spells no we... yeah i think we covered it i was just gonna say that it, especially lately blue has gotten some heavy hitters as far as like single target exile removal goes yeah yeah, and I think some of these are some really fun cards. Um, so some stuff that exiles stuff, there's like Resculpt, Reality Shift, Raven Form, hit some artifact, which is nice, Suspend, Amphim Mutineer, Phyrexine Ingester. And so all of these cards can exile stuff, which is super nice. And um, I think in the case of Amphim Mutineer, that's an enter the battlefield trigger yep. on creature, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so. and... I, this is one of my favorite cards of all time because it turns uh, it exiles stuff and then turns it into uh, salamander warrior tokens, and uh, yes. I love that so much. I've got um, I've got tokens from Gwen and from Livy of axolotls that are oh, the yes. salamander tokens, so I love using those and playing this card. Um, because I have an axolotl as a pet myself. So I love um, representing Squishy in a game of magic. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, it's a salamander pirate, which is awesome. Like that that so creature good. text is, is so fun. And it has Encore, by the way. Yeah. So late game, exile a bunch of stuff. That's, that's also pretty cool. So obviously, you know, like we said, Blue has a... A suite of cards that can you know exile stuff as well and there's, there's i'm sure there's a few beyond this i i really enjoy reality shift personally i think that's a great one to hit some you know it's really nice to hit a yeah. commander with that but you know really great stuff for sure yeah and it's pretty wild too resculpt and raven form both also exile artifacts not just creatures yeah and it, it's pretty wild like you can hit some pretty um pretty big targets with these ones so they definitely add yeah. to the argument that removal might be one or number two for mono blue um, and that's not yeah. all we haven't even talked about two of probably the most powerful and efficient removal spells in commander and those are uh pongify i think is how you pronounce that pongify pongify yeah I, pongify. i've always said pongify but okay pongify. <laughs> and rapid hybridization just one mana instance destroy a creature replace with a three three token that won't really make a difference for the most part mm -hmm. and uh destroy not exile but for one mana like you 
you can't ask that's for so much efficient. more. Yeah, <laughs> like wait, work smarter, not harder, and that's blues. That's blues theme song. Yeah, this sings to that. So. Yes, definitely. Um, so the next thing I think this is a, a really interesting uh, uh, bit of cards here, and those those are cards that can bounce stuff. And I think these cards are great because they can not only act as I hesitate to say removal because it doesn't remove stuff, but it delays what's going to happen. You know, so if, if um, you know you bounce their commander back to their hand, they're just going to recast it that same turn or the next turn. But at least you, you know, you know, taken away some of their resources that they expended to cast that. Um, but I think what some people don't realize is these bounce spells can be used to protect your own things. So. I think a recent card that just came out that I'm a huge fan of is Geist Wave, the one in blue. And uh, for instant, at instant speed, you can bounce a creature to its owner's hand. And if it's a creature you control, you get a draw card, which I think is very good. So especially with commanders that have high CMC, um, if you want to protect them and someone wipes the board, having two mana up just to bounce it back to your hand and then draw a card it you know it saves you getting around commander tax having to recast your commander well not recast you have to cast them again but it you know saves you from the commander tax you can bounce other stuff you want to save and so i like to look at these cards as not only ways to mess with your opponent's stuff but to protect your own um some other common examples snap peel from reality run away together which is kind of a fun one so you know i think it's just another way to look at bouncing stuff in mono blue is you know not just removal but protection for your own stuff which i think is important yeah, I definitely think these cards have a place. In Orvar especially, there are some bounce spells that are very good because they can, like you said, be removal for your opponent's threats, but also if I need to, I can save Orvar or save one of my creatures and then also activate Orvar's ability that way. So yeah, very good. And I think the last section we have is just kind of others that we've enjoyed. And, you know, Blue has tons of things out there that remove stuff. I think... We hadn't even talked about Narset's Reversal or Sublime Epiphany, which are essentially counterspells, like, plus a bunch of extra stuff. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. Um, Holebreaker Horror is a recent favorite of mine because it's kind of a repeatable uh, removal that uh, you can use on your opponent's creatures, and that can be pretty hard to deal with, especially when you have multiple copies of it. So, yeah, definitely lots of spicy options, and I think removal is just going to be one of those things you can really take advantage of when you're playing a mono blue deck. Keeping on the thing of interacting with players' boards, let's go to board wipes, um, which I think, again, blue has arguably one of the best board wipes in um, Commander, which we're going to be talking about here in, in a second. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's also cool to see... This really is enforcing my thought that blue may be the best color for interaction and removal. In commander because you know just we've gone over so much and there's still more to talk about so obviously the the card i was referring to is cyclonic rift you know it's just Ooh. a one i you know wipe everyone's return everyone's stuff to their hand except your own that's uh that seems pretty good <laughs> so yeah yeah i think I cyclonic know. rift there's an argument that it's one of the best board wipes in the format yeah and i won't argue with that i think sometimes it, it can feel pretty bad though if somebody's ahead and casts it and then is just significantly ahead so yeah. I, I would you know play it with caution it's also pretty pricey if that um, affects things but um yeah i think uh as far as mono blue goes there are tons of other options that are um, less expensive price wise and also maybe yeah. like feel a little bit better um, so some yeah. of my favorites that i like to play in mono blue decks especially are the ones that care about how many islands you have and yeah. these ones i guess some of these ones actually only hit your opponents but it it feels like it takes a little bit more work i suppose you have to work for it yeah right um yeah so i'm, I'm talking about cards like engulf the shore spectral deluge which is a fun new one um newish i guess from kaldheim and scourge of fleets which is an enters the battlefield effect pretty good with uh, making multiple copies of it in Orvar. So, yeah, these things care about the number of islands or basic islands you have, which in a mono blue deck is going to be a ton. So I think those are very good ones to keep in mind. Yeah, and I I just want to talk briefly again about Cyclonic Rift. And I recently had a game, and I was playing Emery uh, against one of my friends, and he was way ahead, and I was, like, just sitting there thinking, and he's like, 
I was, I think I was tutoring for something, and he's like, why don't you go, why don't you just grab Cyclonic Rift and then bounce all my stuff? And I was like, oh, I don't run Cyclonic Rift in here. And he was like, well, why, why is that? That's like, that's the best Alt-F4 in Commander. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I love building around, you know, the restriction of not having that. Like, I'd rather find another out in Emory and try to piece together those which made, oh, like, you just, it's a lot more satisfying when you don't have to just rely on Cyclonic Rift, if you know what I mean. Like, like it's like oh like I put this together and this interacts with this and blah 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 and then eventually I can you know pull myself out of the hole I, I'm in but you know if I just like chronic rifted it it's like Livy always says it's not a very fun story you know you want to walk away with commander with a with a fun story and cyclonic rift is powerful but it doesn't always make for the best stories so that's my, my yeah uh, two cents on cyclonic rift was I love it not to hate on it great card but uh, and then moving on just to some other board wipes uh curse of swine i love that card i think yes. it's so funny um you know early game late game make turn everything into a bunch of pigs which is super funny um evacuation devastation tide flood of tears aetherize super fun ways to bounce everyone's stuff back to their hand especially during the combat phase those are really fun combat tricks yeah uh thing in the ice I think that's one of your favorites. I've seen this card quite a bit. Like, do you want to talk about that one? Sure, yeah, yeah. Thing in the Ice is definitely one of my favorites. It's, um, you basically flip over a horror, and then it bounces all non-horror creatures, which mm -hmm. is, ooh, there's nothing better than breaking that thing out of the ice. I love that. Yeah, and that one almost gives people time to anticipate it and then, you know, brace for impact, but they know it's coming. So I, yeah, cards like that are just fun. Super fun. Um, and I actually want to, give another shout out to this card i wasn't sure where to put it exactly and i thought this section might be an okay place to talk about it and that's the card quicksilver fountain which we actually recently talked about in the on the jalira deck interview with john i believe yeah it was. yeah I've, I've played against this uh in john's deck quite a few times yeah this uh i it could be a little mean but i think it's really kind of a funny one especially in blue um, I'm just going to read it because it's not a very common card. Uh, it's an artifact for three generic, and it says at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts a flood counter on target non-island land he or she controls. That land is an island as long as it has a flood counter on it. At the end of turn, if all lands and player islands, remove all flood counters from them. So there's an end in sight with this card, but like in Emery, I can just recast it, you know? And so it's not like it completely nukes the board like a Blood Moon does, but you know, it definitely forces people to think carefully about, you know, how they're going to remove it or work around it, which I think is fun posing those interesting questions to players around a table. So that's why I think it's worth worth playing and not necessarily a board wipe, but it severely influences a board state, which is why I put it in this category. But yeah, I would totally agree with that. I like it. Uh, one other thing also that I would like to mention about blue board wipes are that a lot of these are instant speed. Evacuation and Etherize are instant speed, uh, like mass interaction spells. And yeah. I think that's pretty huge, honestly. Not No other colors have um, at least uh, as good as this instant speed kind of board wipe removal. Like there's not, one of the worst things about playing board wipes is you play it at sorcery speed on your turn and then you're kind of the last person to rebuild from it and exactly yeah. you know you can plan around that but sometimes if you're playing uh, merciless eviction or something you're spending six mana it's probably your whole turn to do that and then mm -hmm. yeah and then you have to wait until everyone else is rebuilding before you can which can be pretty dangerous but ooh, there's nothing better than the feeling of right before your turn cast an evacuation and then you're the first one with all of your mana set up um, to rebuild and you've been planning for it so yeah i think that's a pretty huge thing here um yeah. And also just having more instants in different categories is really good because if you have a counter spell in your hand, you can use that also if uh, evacuation becomes like not as good like as you were planning. Um, yeah, it just it just helps to have these different categories be instant speed so you can always do what is best in the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a great analysis, especially I, I've, I've been in so many games where someone will cast you know, a board wipe on their turn and it's like an instant. It's like, why, why did you like, you should just 
hold on to that. You know, a, a little bit of patience goes a long way, especially with instant board wipes. So um, I think it's a great attitude to have, especially when you have these cards at your you know disposal. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's one of the things that makes blue a really fun time is you can kind of wait until the opportune moment for a certain thing and then, um, yes. yeah, and then let it happen. You're not like restricted by the boundaries of sorcery speed. <laughs> no. no, blue breaking boundaries as always. <laughs> yes. Sweet. Okay. So those are kind of the generic categories of decks and how blue fares in those categories. But what if we kind of dive in a little bit deeper on our mono blue decks, Jerem? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Sweet. Okay. I would like to do a little mini interview about yours first. So we know your commander is Emery Lurker of the Lock. Could you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to build this deck? So I'd say the biggest thing is I just had a ton of really fun artifacts that I wanted to throw somewhere. And I just loved how cheap she was. Mm. Um, and honestly, I didn't realize this at the time when I was building her, but I love how consistent it is. And um, just there's just a ton of fun outlets and interactions that I love to build around with artifacts. And so Emery was just the perfect commander choice. So, and she's mono blue, which is I, I think was a, I didn't have any mono blue decks at the time. So this definitely scratched that itch that I was having to to play a mono blue deck for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think that um, yeah, Emery is very much a a really sweet and interesting mono blue commander. So yeah, yeah, that sounds great. So the next question I have for you is, what do you like most about playing this deck? Uh, 100% the consistency. I, Love it. I all I repeatedly keep hands with one land, and huh. it is just fine. It is. I think the CMC of the I I don't know what it is exactly, but it's it's super low and um there's a ton of zero cost artifacts and so it's i never really need to have more than one or two mana um ideally it's nice to have you know a lot but um that consistency just makes it super easy to go i can usually comfortably draw seven and then just keep it always which is nice so never need to really mull again Um, and the other thing is i never know how it's going to go i never know what the victory the avenue to to victory is going to be like it's always going to be something different um, like it's just putting together the pieces of a machine with artifacts and trying to find a, a cheeky little way to make a ton of ravens with ominous roost and then attack everyone that way or, you know, walking ballista combos, who knows? Like there's just always funny ways to try and mess with artifacts and Emery's just super fun to enable that. So that's what I'd say, what I love most playing about it. I love it. Yeah, it sounds like a ton of fun, and I'm seeing a lot of kind of similarities about what you like about yours and what I like about my mono blue deck. So, okay, yeah, the last question I'll ask you about it is, what advice would you give to people who are looking to build um, Emery specifically as a commander? Um, I, I talked about this a little with, like, Cyclonic Rift, and I'd say challenge yourself. Try and solve problems in a game without relying on blue staples, which is ironic for me to say after just talking about a bunch of mono blue staples. <laughs> Um, however, I think it, it's a fun challenge to not only build around, but to play around. And so, you know, when you see, you know, Cyclonic Rift and Counterspell and Rhystic Study, think I could definitely put that in here, but then I couldn't put a really fun janky artifact in here. So I think just, you know, fill it with pet cards and keep a low CMC and then just go crazy. Go, yeah. go, art, go shoot for the stars with all these artifact shenanigans. And I think uh, it'll be a good time. Yeah, I think that would I would like that to be kind of our uh, moral of the story of this episode is that yeah. blue is really good at all of these categories, um, except mana ramp. Just put artifacts in, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, the others are they're so diverse and have so many options we didn't even cover today that there's always going to be fun stuff and spicy stuff and pet cards that you can play and still get a really good effect out of. Well, awesome. Thank you. I'm, I hopefully my words inspire someone out there who's been considering an Emery artifact mono blue deck. So Alec, likewise, let's turn to you now and talk about Orvar. So uh, why don't you talk about your inspiration to build, uh, build your deck? Yes, definitely. So Orvar was, um, for one thing, the art is cool. I think yes. <laughs> I talked about last episode how the art kind of definitely influences um, what 
cards I like to play. And at the time, we had been working on our kind of monocolor deck episodes, and I wanted to build at least one of each color so that I could have some experience to talk about. And I knew mono blue was the one I wanted to build next, and it was right around the time that Kaldheim came out, and Orvar just immediately caught my attention. There are tons of ways to build it. It kind of has a similar base across a lot of um, decks, like looking at EDH rec, you can see that a lot of the kind of targeting spells are the same across Orvar. But then besides that, like the ways you kind of get to victory with Orvar can be anything you want. Um, there are tons of really cool mono blue creatures. Um, a lot of people do like sea creature stuff. There's cool stuff to copy. Like once you get into this copy kind of shenanigans, there are so many fun things you can do. And that's pretty much it, honestly. Like I wanted a more complicated deck that was mono blue and Orvar has cool art. So all of that together made me want to put it together. That was awesome. So... What do you like most uh, about playing this deck? So similar to you, the thing I like most is that I never know exactly how I'm going to win just because there's so much that can happen. And I, yeah. I talked a little bit earlier about a couple ways I've kind of taken over the board with this deck, but you, you know, it never gets old to make a hundred copies of an island right. or <laughs> uh, yeah, do some wild stuff. And kind of, so the, the way I've built this deck is it relies a lot on enters the battlefield effects mm -hmm. and plays panharmonicon which is one of my favorite cards Ooh. of all time and yeah. mono blue just has so many fun and cool enters the battlefield effects so things yeah things that uh you can make multiple copies of over and over again that are all entering the battlefield and giving you these effects that you need um, especially when you do it at instant speed just feels really fun and i think that is what i like most about playing the deck is it's um uh, very good at kind of adjusting to what the table is doing and also just fun to see uh, how you can kind of go off in different directions. So, wait, is Panharmonicon a legendary artifact or is it not? Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to so look So you it could up. make multiple copies of that and then just... <laughs> that can get... I can see that getting uh, out of hand. Yeah, it's not legendary. I, I haven't Ooh. had the chance to make copies of it, but yes, that is a possibility... Um, I also play a couple cards in that deck that take away the legend rule, just so I can make copies ah, of legendary stuff. So, there you go. Yeah, that's how Does I had an matter? army of Orvars <laughs> once. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, okay, so finally, what advice would you give to any players looking to build around Orvar? Yeah, I think honestly, so Orvar, kind of like I was saying a second ago, you want to have that really nice base of a lot of cards that are spells for targeting. And there are tons of options for that at low mana costs. I'd say just kind of uh, the things I like to stick to are I want them to be instant speed if possible, so you can do it in response to things. And you want those cards to be um, also repeatable if possible. So there are a bunch that uh, you can play twice, like once out of the graveyard with flashback, um, or you can uh, bounce them back to your hand somehow and recast them over and over again. So look for that. and. Honestly, once you've got that like base in the deck of targeting spells so that you can activate Orvar's ability, from there you just want to put in a ton of fun stuff that you want to copy, and that can be anything, since it targets any permanent lands, artifacts, enchantments, creatures. Um, you can do anything you want with that. So I'd say just don't copy-paste the EDH rec average deck, and instead find a bunch of blue cards and um, things that you want to be copying, and then copy those, and you'll have a great time. I, there's nothing wrong with net decking for anyone who just copies and pastes a deck off of EDH rec or something you found online. I think that's an incredible way to get into a new commander and you know try something new, and then you don't have to put a ton of work into it. But I think one of the the most fun parts about commanders is building something new, something fresh, something that's you know unique to you. And I think Orvar is just a perfect way to. He's literally a shapeshifter, a changeling. It can be anything you want, and so I think it's really fun to you know sit down at a table where someone pulls out an Orvar deck and they're like, oh, this is all about Leviathans or or Mirror or who knows, you know? And so just don't be afraid to make it purely something that just you want, you know? It doesn't have to conform to the the masses, what they say it should be. So I don't know. I think that's a great way to, to approach that deck for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think some other monocolor decks will definitely lean on some of the quote-unquote staples of the color. 
I don't think blue is one of those. I think honestly you can play blue and still have it be um, up to whatever power level you want based on uh, cards that aren't in like the top 20 most played cards of the color. So it's very diverse and I think that is one of the things that makes it a ton of fun. I love blue. I I think it's such a fun color and you know hopefully someone out there listening to this has just been motivated to consider uh you know maybe one of these commanders another mono blue commander or you know there's i mean obviously Embry and orbark are great commanders but there's just so many more out there with just so much potential to just be super fun and super powerful decks as well so hopefully we were able to inspire someone out there because you know i'm already starting to think more of how i can abuse blue just now you know yeah same Yeah, as always, everybody, we are super grateful for you all to, to come and join Alec and I on this monocolored adventure as we go through and explain, you know, do our best to explain these these uh, these colors. And so feel free to reach out to us if you guys have any more inputs on mono blue or the next color you think we should do. Or I guess we may eventually do color pairings. That's possible. But, uh, you know, reach out to us on uh, Instagram. We also recently just got our Twitter up and running. You know, feel free to come talk to us there. You can join our Discord. We have a bunch of magic conversations there. Welcome, everybody that's new to the community, and we're grateful for those that are here. And hope you guys all have a good one, and we'll catch you all next time. Mm